everyone. Welcome back to Rally Caps. It's a podcast for artists, entrepreneurs, and everybody in between. I'm Steven. I'm Eric. And today we've got a very special guest with us. I'm back. Oh, my name's Chris. Hey. <laughs> His name's Chris Chu. Chris Chu is back. He was one of our very first guests on Rally Caps in the early days Two years ago, I think, is when we first interviewed you. Has it been that long? Almost exactly. That's wild. It's like March or April 2021. I was still in my parents' house during that year. Yeah. And it's like, it's in those two years, I've... It's a little different. Yeah, just a little things different. Made a little... some distance away from the nest, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, things are pretty different now. Chris is in town. He's hanging out with us for a while. We wanted to do a follow-up episode because things are so different in your life than we last talked that just thought it'd be fun to sit down and catch up with you and... See where you're at right now. It's an absolute honor to be back. Like, I love in-person recordings. Oh, yeah. There's so much better. It's, yeah. That's why we built this. That's why we built this set. Yeah. Indeed. So are you guys going to keep that? Keep it like that? I think so. I love the tape. Very lasso energy. Yeah. You guys should (laughs) tape, like, more food. Just like on the wall. More food? Yeah, like like, have the guests pick a food. Yeah, like duct tape a banana to the wall. Just like have the guests keep adding more stuff. And just let it rot. (laughs) Yeah. Our set is just disgusting. Yeah, it's just bad stuff. You walk in and you're like, it smells weird in here. You're like, oh yeah, well, our, that was Chris's idea. So yeah, yeah, yeah blame him. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, I'm very bad at uh, doing intros of people. I don't typically like to do like the, hey, who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? All that stuff. But I'm, I'm going to do it too. Oh man. <laughs> we don't have to because we've already done an episode of that. Well, no, but That's there true. are a lot of new listeners since we first started mm. this. That's oh. true. And there's more people because we, we have a cool set now. And true. We do have a cool set now. This that is, is a very true. cool set. Yeah. <laughs> have they seen the whole thing yet? Uh, they haven't seen the ceiling. Don't man. talk about the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, the ceiling's a little trash right now. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. It's actually my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's very open concept. You know? yeah, yeah. What do you yeah, do? Very open concept. What do you do? What kind of art do you make? <laughs> What's that? What, kind, what do you do? What kind of art do you make? <laughs> I hate you so much. Why? <laughs> I love you. I don't know why you hate me. <laughs> okay, what do I do? What kind of art do I <laughs> Latte art? No, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh man, we're just gonna go ahead and ruffle feathers right away. Oh, absolutely. You so, said AI art. He said latte art. Oh, I, I thought you said AI oh. art. <laughs> See, like this is still, already sorry. Ruffle feathers. Great start. Great start. Uh, what do I do? Uh, so I met all of you through YouTube. That's like a great amount of like my time and like what do I what I do? Uh, I used to make videos about like film photography and like gear reviews. I'm like in the middle of a pivot right now. Um, outside of that. Uh, I do documentary photography. I also do some tech client work as well, which also makes up a large chunk of my income, but I don't show that to anybody because it's completely relevant for what I'm known for. Sure. Social media. And uh, yeah, I think that's the basic rundown right now. Yeah. Do you cool. just have like a private portfolio on the side of all that work? that you Of the tech stuff? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh. It does It does live in a Google Drive for my client though. It's just, okay. it's just all referral based? It's it's all referral based. Yeah. It's all they for internal marketing. Was that? They don't even look at your work? No. Wow. So, you, so if you wanted to get another client in that vein, it would just do be you like, have something that you would send to them? or No, they would. Uh, it's just word of mouth. They're just Literally, like, oh, okay, like yeah. we heard from so-and-so that you make reviews of the thing, thing, thing. And then like uh, they oh, would just wow. give me a prompt and then do the same thing again. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's word. really boring work. And if anybody <laughs> were to ever find it, they'd be like, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> but that's like, that's money-making stuff. Yeah. Right? It's money-making yeah. stuff. It's like yeah. extremely monotonous, but like I'm not going to complain. For yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's always that part of you gotta everybody's do that. job. Like there's the public facing stuff that you're known for, that people see you for. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I still got to make money somehow. Like right. more, more consistent money mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are two things that you would probably not say about yourself. 
I'm going to send for you. You recently hit 100K on YouTube. Woo! Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Congra it. It's huge. That's a really, really big deal. Yeah, You've the been chasing that for a while. Milestone I always wanted. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a really like tough last year trying to get to that number. Yeah. I felt like I was getting stiff arms by the algorithm. We talked about it like a million times, but yep. it was rough. But now that I finally crossed that, feel free. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Does it feel like a more of like a, I guess, symbolic accomplishment for you? Yeah, I would say it's a symbolic accomplishment, like um, the most uh, probably popular feeling uh, about it is that, you know, I watch YouTube since like 2008. Yeah. And then uh, when I found out I was in the subway listening, full circle moment, listening to Linkin Park, which Whoa. was, uh, which song was it? It was um, Breaking the Habit. Okay, and that was yeah. the first music video I looked up on YouTube back in 2008. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. You remember that was vividly? Vividly. Because I used to only use YouTube for listening to music, yeah, mainly Linkin Park during oh, yeah. that year, yeah. and uh, watching like shows yeah, that, that like people like rip off. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I was listening to Breaking the Habit and I was refreshing my page and then hit it. And I was like a full circle moment. Whoa. I like took a selfie and everything and sent it to my like parents. I'll be like, you remember when I was? And then they're like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're like this means so much to me. They're like, all right, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's super cool, though, mm -hmm. man. Yeah, you've been chasing that for a long time because you hit pretty, pretty um, volatile growth during COVID when you did your yeah. You guys caught series. me when I hit sixty thousand yeah. in my first year. Yeah, and that was a uh, wild. That was wild. Yeah. If I had kept on the same type of content that I was making back then, I would have easily hit hundred k. Like mm. probably a couple months after we filmed that episode. Yeah. But uh, that was, I think, when I started to pivot towards making more film photography-based things mm. because I liked the community in film photography way more. Yeah. Okay. It was like uh, more familiar or like people were more familiar with each other. It was tighter knit and um, there was way less ego. Mm. In okay. the digital photography world on YouTube, it was like, it was, there's a lot of players. Therefore, there's a lot of audience. And then like, it's really hard for you to like um, kind of feel that sense of community, whereas film back then in 2020 was like much smaller than it is now. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Did, did it feel like that digital space you were kind of pursuing before? Did that feel more superficial, like on an artistic front? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Did it feel more superficial? I definitely like just chasing numbers. Yeah. It was, it was definitely chasing numbers and it felt a lot easier to, than the film chase, mm. I would say, but I wasn't creatively challenged anymore because that was kind of like, um, if I were to like make an analogy, like uh, at that point I was shooting for 10 years at that point, did a lot of experimenting during uh, high school and college uh, with photography. And then like I was a wedding photographer at that point. So uh, making like videos about that was just kind of pulling books off of a library. I'm like, oh, I learned this like years ago. Here, let me share this. Mm. Versus like film, you're like kind of following me as I got better. Mm. And that was more exciting for me. <laughs> yeah. But you could see like a theme on my YouTube that once I get momentum for anything, I'm like, oh, this is too comfortable. And then I switch <laughs> and make it like harder for myself. Okay. It's like 60,000 the first year. And eh, let me make it harder. 30,000 in the second year. Ah, oh, let me make it super harder for myself. And then 10,000 in the third year. I was like, wow, the growth just kept going lower and lower. It says something about you though. It really does. I just, I just like being, uh, well, obviously like having fun uh -huh. and being creatively challenged. Yep. Um, but there, I mean, I should definitely stop always pivoting. How many times do you guys think you pivoted in your creative career? I feel like I've only oh, done wow. it twice. Oh, only twice? Yeah. What were the two pivots? I think pivoting not completely out of weddings, but oh, really okay. minimizing it. Mm -hmm. I guess the other pivot was 
pushing more. They've been kind of stacked on top of each other. So uh, less client facing and more education. Right. So that was like starting YouTube, building my course. Mm -hmm. That was a big pivot. And then since then has been minimizing client facing work even more, not doing as much education and getting more into the commercial and now documentary world and more filmmaking. Yeah. I don't find myself doing as much photography at all anymore, Mm. which is weird. It's hard to, I'm trying to get back into it. Yeah. Oh, cause you miss it. I really miss photography. I see. Especially film photography. Yeah. Yep. I think I'm first pivot was moving to Chicago. Yeah. A year and a half ago. That was definitely a huge literal pivot. You weren't in Chicago when we filmed that episode yet. No. No. Yeah. that That was fully remote. Yeah. That was us calling from north of Boston, Chicago, and then you were in the Bay Area. Yeah. City, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is wild to think about. That's how mm. we really incubated rally caps in the beginning. It was all remote all yeah. the time. And this is so much better. This is so much it's better. so much better. And I think I'm kind of in the middle of my second pivot right now, which is uh, kind of thematically within my business, just the type of work that I'm doing and the interests that I have going forward, especially with the documentary and how that's kind of changed. Even, even before it's out, kind of changed the potential trajectory of our careers. So definitely the Chicago is as the first big one and kind of feeling out the second one. What are you uh, pivoting away from? Pivoting away from weddings being my only. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As which influenced the move to Chicago really was, I just needed to cast a wider net and do things that were a little more honestly self-fulfilling versus client facing. Mm -hmm. I love telling the story of a wedding day so much. I plan to still do it in a much smaller fashion, less like 25 to 30 weddings a year, more like five weddings a year kind Mm -hmm. of thing. I love that story, but it is someone else's story. I see. And there are other ideas and other types of stories that I want to bring to life. And when you're gone 30 weekends out of a year, that's that's, a lot. That's pretty taxing. Yeah. So that's the, the general direction doing more. I think just work that I've, I've dreamt of doing for a long time. And now that I have more of a platform to actually showcase that on mm-hmm. that's pretty exciting mm-hmm. you know it's like really cool to think like oh like the dreams that i have can be seen so that's what i'm working on now absolutely yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah genuine feelings i want i'm going to ask you a series of questions that are pretty i want pretty quick answers okay um uh, also i love that we could be super informal with you because you're just our friend <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> just chill just a lot of other guests i'm just like oh yeah so how's it going? <laughs> yeah. and i'm like all right let's go let's yeah. stop tiptoeing right now 100k Genuinely, how does it feel? Freeing, but not as grand of a moment that I thought it was. I knew it was just going to be like, cool, but it was very much like, cool. (laughs) Yeah. You just, it changes and you're like, okay. Yeah. 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 Doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So is it the growth that you were experiencing in those last two months before it hit? Does it feel like you still have that same momentum in subscriber growth? Um, There's even... I felt like I got a pump right after I hit 100K. YouTube was like, all right, let's push this guy now. Go more. Like, what the? <laughs> yeah, now you just go more. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I just go more, yeah. yeah. Does that matter? Now, no, I do not care about metrics and numbers at all anymore. The only number goal that I had was 100K. Yeah. And now, after that, I don't care about 200, 300, definitely not a mil. Mm. So now very much just um, making whatever I want. And kind of like the creative direction I'm giving myself because I don't want to just make whatever. Then, mm-hmm. I, then I'll just burn out. Yeah. But the creative direction I gave myself was uh, make love letters mm. about anything that I'm very passionate about. So 
Great. The one that uh, I'll be filming with you guys after this was, I told you about it, the yeah. theory of home, but yeah. that's a love letter about choices. Hmm. And then there's going to be a love letter about my mom coming up for Mother's Day in two weeks from this recording. And that one's going to be a good one. And then so on and so forth. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Love the creative direction. Love how much you're oh, thinking about it intentionally. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm jealous of how like passionately you pivot in those ways. Like that you're so like sure of where you're going and then find success in it. It's very cool. But if you if you actually look through the history of all my pivots, I just pivot to less money all yeah. the time. Because <laughs> did you, I don't during, know how Squarespace gates opened oh, recently. Oh, true. Squarespace, Squarespace gates, gates did open. And that was, oh, that was another goal that I really wanted. I told you guys about that, right? Yeah. Yep. Like mm -hmm. uh, all the photographers I grew up watching, they always said, this video is sponsored by Squarespace. I just didn't Wait, why'd you lower, yeah, like, like, why'd you lower your voice? We knew. Yeah, yeah you, you already yeah. know who else we love you, Sam. And I wanted to say that. So the first Squarespace sponsorship I got, the integration, I put um, a lot of customers in the corner. I was like, oh, I always want to effing say that. Really tiny font in the corner. And my uh, Squarespace rep caught it. it. And he was like, we appreciate the enthusiasm, but can you remove that from the video? I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but I was so excited when I got it. That's amazing. Because I felt like I finally like uh, reached the league yeah. of like uh, YouTubers that I've oh, yeah. looked yeah. up to. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge deal. Okay. As YouTube stands as a platform right now, do, do subscribers matter? No, Why? not at all. Uh, subscribers don't matter to me uh, anymore because one, it doesn't really, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm asking, I'm framing it from like, what do you think at large, not just specifically to you? Do subscribers matter to like anyone, everyone on the platform? Because three, four years ago, it was like an indicator of kind of how many views you get, how popular your channel is. Um, what do you think about it now? I don't think subscribers matter a whole lot anymore. And maybe mm -hmm. you guys disagree or agree, but I think to most people, the view count matters. And when mm -hmm. your ratio of views to subscribers is like almost one to one or even more, yeah. that shows like, really strong loyalty. Hmm. And I guess as a byproduct or not as a byproduct, but it shows that you're very consistent as a creator on YouTube. Yeah. Cause my view counts always like volatile cause I switch all the time. Yeah, yeah. So people know me for one thing, but then they uh, see that I switch to like three other things. They're like, what the heck is this guy doing? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that take. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, after a collection of years, my take on it is if it's, if you've been doing it for five to eight, five to 10 years, it's only a number of proving how many people you've convinced to click a button mm -hmm. and feel captivated to want to hear more based on whatever topic specifically they heard at that time. Yeah. So in that sense, I guess it's to, if you're pointing that number to brands and they're looking at how many people you've convinced or motivated to yeah. want to follow along in whatever regard, I guess it might matter uh, from a numbers perspective. But after that, like for me specifically, I know that 50, at least 50% of my audience like has no idea who I am anymore. Mm, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Or just haven't just don't watch YouTube anymore or anything mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. you know, or the, the thing I come back to every once in a while, it's a dark thought, but like people die too. And wow, that is a very dark thought, but, but yeah, but actually is, yeah. like, what if 30 years from now, YouTube's still a platform and they keep these numbers going. It's like, that's a lot of people that don't exist. Yeah. They aren't either. actually using. It's just yeah, interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, mm. yeah. So it matters more from a, from a business perspective. Maybe where it's like, oh, you got to a certain number that unlocked Squarespace. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Because those brands, when they come in, they do want to see a certain amount of numbers. Right. Right. And uh, when I do like pitch decks for like certain like brand collaborations, I always lead with a subscriber count, even yeah. though to me, I know it's like on the platform itself it doesn't actually mean that much. Got you. Yeah. But it's like a very like a 
it's like the gold standard, right? Like yeah, the, that right. sticker number yeah. like matters a lot to like companies like that. Totally. But to like either creator to creator or creator to audience, it almost doesn't matter. Hmm. Yeah. As much as it used to like five to 10 years ago. Yeah. Makes small channels like mine feel more powerful. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Like, like, well, yeah. You, yeah. That's the thing. I think you guys talked about it on another episode that virality is actually like really bad for a channel. Because mm -hmm. yes, you get thrown into a box. Yeah, we did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You get thrown into a box and then you're only known for one thing. And as creative people, you're, you never want to just stick with one. Did you feel like that's what happened to you in your first year? Yep. With I the self-portraits I was the self-portraits guy. Then I turned film. Then I turned street. Then I turned doc. Then I turned love letter. Like what the heck is going on? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a really cool evolution though for your personal artistry to it, see, yeah. see those back to back to back to back. It was a journey of finding the perfect marriage between my passion for people yeah. and my passion for photography. And um, photography is like my, I would say like my second top art form. I feel like conversing and meeting people is my first mm -hmm. art form, but obviously photography for all of us is the perfect vehicle to meet people because you are in the service industry, you provide an artistic value to people, but then once you like get through the door, then you actually like communicate and like convene and get to know them, mm. establish connections. Yeah. What does what does YouTube mean to you now? It's fi final question in this series of questions. Right. Like, oh, goes, I was so long winded on the last question. Then. That's okay. Uh. But then just like round it out in all of your feelings, like raw feelings of what the platform is, and if you want to stick with it. Yeah, I thought about retiring from YouTube. Really? Um, yeah. Whoa. I'm starting to think about it more. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I sense that in you. Mm -hmm. Oh, you do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, 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 I'm interested in how you can sense that, but, uh, creative fatigue is a thing. Yeah. Uh, even though I have this new creative direction, I'm excited for it, but also I'm thinking, um, like three to five years down the line, I'm like, I know I don't want to do this mm. for that much longer. And doing three years of a job really isn't long at all no. like not at all but for some reason youtube feels like that time is like doubled or maybe tripled at one point i was making two videos a week and that was crazy that was like uh, a time in my life when obviously i had way more free time to do that sort of thing but my um young energy was like fired up for it but now now you're that, old <laughs> yeah now i'm old <laughs> but uh it's just i feel like i accomplished everything that i had to accomplish and now I'm just trying to find like a sustainable way to exit. Hmm. Not actively, not actively. Yeah, 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 yeah. unsubscribe yeah. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goes, goes back down to 30K. <laughs> I, I think that's a really, wow. I was not expecting, I was not picking up on feelings of retiring. I'll be honest. I was like, oh dang, Chris must be like fueled up by this. Yeah, like, because like now I'm free, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. I do feel free, but yeah. I'm curious, like how did you sense that? Yeah. I think it's because of your repeated pivots and wanting to mm. care more about the art than the game. Oh yeah. Because yeah, I've yeah. always, I've always seen your approach to YouTube and like you feed the beast in a, in a good way in the way YouTube wants in, especially when you're talking about posting twice a mm -hmm. week, like oh, yeah. you were so disciplined in being able to do that and still are like you like way more disciplined than I've ever been. Like <laughs> I don't, I truly don't care. Like I'll make videos when I want to, I'm about to enter into a season where I'm going to make a lot more because it makes sense from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. But, and, and I want to, uh, but seeing that trajectory and like the way you talk about your work and your art makes me think more and more like, I don't know if it's the place for you long-term. That's, that's what I think. And then if you, you know, end up moving to a place like New York city, then it's just like, oh, well, you have a million things available at your fingertips, right. especially being as connected as you are knowing the industry already, like 
guaranteed you'll have a million directions to go, mm -hmm. uh, not needing YouTube to be able to pursue those things. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a very like good assessment of um, what those pivots meant. Yeah. Because I very much am like focused a lot more on the art and uh, had a conversation with uh, some people that I met out in New York about this uh, whole topic. And they kind they kind of said what you said, but they didn't necessarily um, describe the feeling that it was giving off was retirement. They're like, oh, you're very much don't mm. care about the game anymore. Mm. And I don't. Right. Yeah. I feel I, like it happens at 100K. It does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of see, I, I reference uh, Willem a lot mm. as kind of a North Star for my channel because I love the way that he approaches it where he's just working as a professional photographer and he just uses YouTube as an outlet mm -hmm. to share the projects that he's working on. I think it's a really healthy balance where he's like actually doing work in the world and YouTube is more or less a place to just sit down and be like, hey, this is what I'm up to. This is a recent project that I did with Randall Park or some, like, someone for the New Yorker or stuff. Like as his projects scale up, like that's really exciting and it's a cool way to inform people. I can almost see that same trajectory for you too where like you focus a lot more on the like the work work mm -hmm. that you're doing in the world and it's like once a month an update of, oh, I would, I would enjoy that. Here's this amazing project that just yeah. worked on. Let me tell you about it and share my favorite images and stories from that because you are such an engaging storyteller. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I try, but like sometimes when I like uh, finish the edit, I'm like, ah, oh, I dragged here. I dragged here. <laughs> yeah, but um, oh, well, I appreciate that. But also, yeah, like the balance that Willem has is yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he approaches it really well. And I, I could see that being a good good pairing for you too. If, if you know, that's kind of a, a pivot that you're looking to make at some point. In like the I pivot future. next month. I'm like, Steven yeah. was right. Forget this love letter direction. <laughs> Corny. Then I just like leave. <laughs> no, I want to see more films from you though. Mm. The ground glass video was just blew Very my cool. mind, man. Blew that, my mind. That was the only video that finally translated 100% everything that I was feeling. Yeah. And the audience actually felt it. Like you guys, like you texted me, uh, a couple other guys texted me and I uh, saw yeah. the comments. I mean, all of us like suffer from this uh, thing that we have this like certain creative language in our head where we have this idea, it has legs, it has arms, it has a heartbeat, it has a color to it, maybe like just metaphorically speaking, a smell and sound to it. Yeah, because yeah. you're colorblind, you can't see. <laughs> yeah, because I can't see color. <laughs> and uh, um, and then when we like try to like get that out of our head, right? Yeah. That's a whole process of translation. How do we translate that into like a video form where the sounds and music and colors all like, how do you make it a feeling? 100%. And then like most of the times we can't translate it 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's like a lot of fidelity that gets lost because, well, we're not perfect in our like yeah. story time. We're like still like developing, but that Hasselblad ground glass video was 100% like translated. And I was like, finally, probably won't be able to do it again. <laughs> but at least I <laughs> did it once. Lightning. Will you reveal here? How you rigged that up? Nope. Okay. No. Nope. That's, so that's uh, private eyes only. Yeah. Well, <laughs> You guys saw it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like really ghetto. <laughs> it's like really ghetto. I Okay. So for, for the viewers um, or listeners, when people were messaging me how I did that Hasselblad video, I trolled them and instead I got Pause. a mouth guard. Pause. Oh. Let them know what it was okay. first. Okay. So they have context. Listener, viewer, we will link this video in the description, show notes everywhere so you can go watch it because it really is gorgeous. It's an amazing short film that Chris made. But if you'd like to give a verbal synopsis of right. this video. And, and go as specific as you can for anyone who like isn't familiar with even photography in general. Sure. Like a waist level viewfinder, all that. So my camera, so like for all cameras, like you can look through it and that's called a viewfinder for this uh, specific Hasselblad film camera that I was using. It's an old um, piece of 
almost a piece of tech. But it's old. <laughs> it's an old camera where you actually like look through a gigantic window in the camera and everything's mirrored. But the way that the glass kind of shows what's coming through the lens, the textured glass makes everything more saturated and uh, more vivid and lively and just overall romantic. And there have been a lot of Instagram videos of like people taking iPhone videos of what they're about to photograph through this thing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to take it a step further and strap my like big like mirrorless camera to it. So the way that I, or the reason why I want to do it was because I've always said that life looks better through this quote unquote ground glass viewfinder. Mm -hmm. Life always looks better, saturated, vivid, all the stuff that I just said. And because I'm in my honeymoon phase with New York City right now, how can I show that rose colored uh, vision that I have mm -hmm. right now? Oh, how about through this ground glass I talk about all the time? And it worked. Yeah. And I wanted to take it a step further by having sound be a part of the story. So piano and jazz has been sounding a lot better in my life mm. ever since I moved to New York. That like jazz sound just fills up my bones. Like I feel it all the time when I'm outside. It's really weird. I was never into jazz. There's a meme there. But um, <laughs> but uh, I've def but I wanted to include not only like a piano jazz soundtrack, but also the people that I talk to as well, because that is my number one passion, people. And then I pass the camera around to like different people to either photograph me or photograph something else who have never held this camera before or never experienced it before just to show that like my love is for this place is so great that I want to like have it be contagious. And then the execution happened and it worked. And now I'm very happy with the final product. That's just the best feeling when that happens. Yeah, it really is. Anyways, to go back to the original thing, the rig. <laughs> so I'm not going to reveal the rig, but people ask me like, how did you have your camera point straight down into your camera, like stably. So I said like, oh, I got a mouth guard <laughs> and I hot glue gun a rod from my mouth guard to my camera so that every time I'm looking into the camera, you're seeing what I'm looking at. And all 10 people that DM me that believed me. And they're like, wow, you're really steady. I was like, thanks, man. And they're I do listening to this now. <laughs> yeah. I love, is, you oh got God. I, I love trolling. I feel like you need to make a fake uh, mouth guard situation oh, and just it. post yeah. that on Instagram and oh, just be like, look, this it. is how I, look, I did it. I wasn't lying. <laughs> that, sell it. That that could that could be also like from a business perspective, like have a Patreon where I just show the behind the scenes of how I make this stuff. Yeah. Don't. Don't? Well, you've done this. Yeah. It's a lot of work, huh? Yeah, making a video a about making a video sounds exhausting. It, it is. is. Yeah. Behind, behind the scenes stuff is very, the last, very exhausting. The last short film I did, I promised myself I wouldn't share any BTS mm. because I do that all the time. Yeah. And I do love sharing that stuff. I think it's really interesting. I think people get a lot from it. It's I built my career on doing things like that. True. But it's starting to feel it's starting to feel like it's cheapening my art. Like oh. it's starting to feel like I'm just leaving all the magic out of it. I see. Hmm. Explaining the trick. Yeah. yeah. It, mm. I mean, it it breaks down the fourth wall in a way I don't necessarily want it to all the time. Mm -hmm. So I have to I have to really start reckoning with those kinds of questions. Like how much do I really want to give away? How much do I really want to lean on the educational side versus just solely affecting someone through emotions or feelings yeah. and just letting the mystery be part of the artwork, you know? That could even mean just 
doing BTS for more client facing or commercial projects versus the short instead films, of, like the yeah, more personal instead of stuff. Like, yeah. Well, that's true. Emotive narrative right. kind of stuff. Right, right, right. And totally. I felt that same way when I didn't share how I did right. this video. Yeah. It felt way more magical. It's yeah. like, oh, keep keep thinking about it. Yeah. Dude, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll be honest. It was one of the few videos that stopped my scroll. Yeah. You know, right. we all have that feeling of that one thing same. that you're, you're just flicking through. You're like, whoa, that mm. one caught my eye and that one made me stop whatever it was that I was doing and watch the entire thing and uninterrupted. I was like, that was special. The, it's really special. Someone listening to this who, you know, some Redditor that's listening, oh, some Redditor hater that hates you yeah. is going to listen to that and say, he's just gatekeeping. Mm -hmm. Oh and, yeah. In I, all, I got those in comments all, too. In all, really? reality, okay. in all reality, no. Like, am I allowed to have that privilege as an artist to be able to not have to share True. that? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, I'm not obligated to share that with you. No. Yeah. In, in a lot of and ways, honestly. it doesn't honestly, necessarily mean I'm gatekeeping. No, definitely doesn't mean that you're inherently gatekeeping. And also in a lot of ways could easily just stifle someone else's creativity. Mm -hmm. I feel like we all relate to that feeling of when we first got our first cameras and you just had to make whatever it was work. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like that feeling of creating out of scarcity is probably where a lot of our best creative ideas come from. Oh, 100%. When you have limitations and you don't have everything at your disposal, yeah. you make the best art. But if someone's spoon feeding you all the answers that you're just like, how did you do that? Blah, blah, blah. Like, well, that's not actually going to help you. Maybe you try to figure it out yourself first. Mm -hmm. Try to rig up something that can match that. Right. Or maybe even improve on it. Who yeah. knows? But like you just giving away that information right up front completely kills the magic like we've been talking about. Yeah. And there was like no instruction of like how to do this. Like I, yeah. I, I like bought so many wrong parts from B&H. Had to return that. I hate doing that. But uh, that was part of like the journey of like figuring it out. And once I got it, I mean, like it was very like ghetto still. Like it could very much break all the equipment um, related to the video, but it worked for sure. And that satisfaction of like solving that problem was next to nothing. Yeah. So if you have not watched it yet, whether you're listening, watching right now, please go check it out. It's really a beautiful short film that Chris made. And Follow up question. What's it like living near B&H now? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, uh, context, you, Chris lived in California for your whole life, my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And you just moved to New York city for two months ago, two months ago. Two months yeah, ago. Yeah. Wow, it's been in two March. Months it's only been two months. Whoa. That's Manhattan. crazy. Hey, congrats. Manhattan. Manhattan. Thank you. Thank congrats. you. It's a huge move. I'm you didn't come to you. Chicago. We're a little upset, but it's, it's okay. Is neighborhood could, too specific. You don't want people to know what neighborhood? No. Yeah, that's enough. You know what? That's a really Manhattan. weird question that I get asked a lot. Yeah, like, what neighborhood you live in? You're yeah, like, I was like, what the heck? Like, what? Yeah. Why? I don't know. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm no. not going to tell you. All, but like for the people who do keep pressing, I just give them the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, why is it so, why are you guys so concerned yeah. about where I live? That's so weird. What did you say? Just oh, say it, was so a, it was a mouth guard. It was a mouth guard. <laughs> <laughs> and like each neighborhood is only like, I, it's very small. I bought a house in Soho. They're like, Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 100K subscribers. Wow. Squarespace. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. What was your question? <laughs> so, okay. So you B moved B to New York City recently. That's huge. What's it like living near BH? BH oh, Photo is like the premier camera mm -hmm. store in the country. It's located in New York City. Being that close to BH, I don't know if you guys ever ordered anything within the same zip code. Yeah. Um, of BNH, but they give you like express pickup. So like once you order it within 30 minutes, go to the store and go get it. Yes. And now I don't have to wait two days. I don't have to be worried about like porch pirates stealing my package. Just go over there. They like uh, have it like ready to go. And it's anything. Yeah. It's anything. anything. And I'm like, I've never seen this on your shelf. Like we said, we have it. Like the parts that uh, I had to uh, assemble for the Hasselblad video. Yeah. Like they just had everything that I typed in the most like obscure things too. Like da 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 da. And they're like, oh yeah, we got it. It'll be ready in 30 minutes. 
I'm like, wow. That's awesome. Insane. Got to be careful because it's sure. so tempting to just be like, I could use this one day. Yeah. I just buy it and go make it up in 30 minutes. And I can get it in 30 minutes. So yeah, it's not it's bad. It's so convenient. Yeah. Have you told him about the B&H credit card? Uh, no, I do have the B&H credit card. The paper one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. It's like my business expense card, basically. Really? Because, well, the really nice thing is that you can you have two options. You can either save the tax on a purchase. Mm -hmm. So in a place like Illinois, where the total sales tax is like ten and a quarter percent, that's oh. a that's a lot of extra that's tax. More in California. Um, yeah, it's it's wow. a it's a ton. Yeah. It's Especially bad. when you're buying like expensive cameras, like a an R five turns into oh like that's gosh. another four hundred dollars in tax right yeah. there. It's like, geez. So you can save the tax on something or get uh, like a 12 month, 0% financing deal. No way. Oh, I didn't yeah. know about that second part. Yeah. So it's nice. So you can do one or the other, which is super nice. So either you, you know, buy it up front, you pay it off uh -oh. quickly and yes, yeah, you're in trouble now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you just finance it for the year. You still pay tax on it, but you have a whole year to pay it off at your leisure. Easy. You just have to make, you know, whatever payments, you know, be disciplined, pay off your credit cards and everything. Yeah. But for certain purchases, it is really convenient. And if you are good at you know, managing your money and everything, it's a really nice option to not fork over all that cash up front. So I love that card. Man, I'm trying to think of what's on my wish list right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I could spread you're, out. you're like, now I'm actually saving money by buying this camera. Yeah. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah, Whoa. no, it is, it is a very nice card to have. That. Yeah. Uh, well, only works at B&H, but. A couple follow-up New York questions. Yes. Because I'm obsessed with New York too. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Casey yet? I saw the back of his head. Really? Awesome. Yeah, in his studio. Because uh, my friends ridiculous? Know, Oh, it's ridiculous. The back of it, his head is iconic. iconic. <laughs> um, Some might argue the front is as well. <laughs> Some would argue. Some would argue. Uh, my friends and I were biking uh, to a ferry pier and they were meaning to stop by 368. And we didn't know that we were just like right in front of him when we were like looking at our phones. And I was like, oh, that's Casey's office right there. And they're like really obsessed with him too. So when we all looked up, we saw the back of his head and he was filming something. I think it might've been his latest video, okay. but uh, he was filming something. They were like, oh my God. And like, <laughs> just the thought of like three clowns like us freaking out about the back of a head of someone who makes videos for the internet. is ridiculous. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. But I was just like, what are we doing at the same time? It does look like a museum when you stare up at it from the street. Mm -hmm. Cause it's just a whole like archival art studio. Just like everything is up there. Plus it's like, you're getting a glimpse into like this YouTube video set. Yeah. We've seen. 800 times mm -hmm. yeah. for years and years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that studio, I, I hope to step foot in it one day. That would be unbelievable. It'd be very fun. I feel like you guys are like one degree of separation away yeah. from doing that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people wise we are, Yeah, mm -hmm. but not, not nearly as like interested in doing it as, you know, like three, four years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. one of those things. Yeah. Where like, again, the closer you get to it, you're like, oh, okay, sure. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would trip me out a lot. <laughs> it would be super <laughs> sick. It would be, cool. be so sick. Yeah. No, that'd be cool. Uh, but you moved to New York, arguably for street photography. No. Not at all. Not at all. Zero. What? Wait, really? Zero. It played zero percent. That's what everybody would assume. Really? That is what everybody would uh, assume. And that's what I addressed in my first video when I moved there. I'm like, I didn't move here for street. And all of my friends from the Bay were shocked. Huh. Like, they are like, what? You've, well, yeah, you've, okay. you've done street photography for like two years, one and a half years. Like, aren't you going to enjoy doing it over there? And yes, I do enjoy the privilege of having New York City at my disposal for that yeah. specific photography genre. But I'm simply just there to live. And that is honestly like really hard for some people to digest. Because hmm. yeah, it's a very expensive city, like no doubt. Yeah, yeah. But I just really want to experience like the organism 
that is New York City. Yeah. Every square inch, every block has a purpose, has a story to it. It's very inspiring for me, like how I just described earlier when I moved there. Jazz just makes sense to me now. Mm -hmm. And um, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, make and, me so happy to hear you say that. And like all the photos and videos that I've been making are just different. Street photography is a great practice for the documentary style of photography that I enjoy engaging in. And you'll in. still do it. And I still do it. It's like good practice. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, going to the gym, mm -hmm. but I don't treat it as like my main, I would say, creative pursuit right now. Mm -hmm. Street photographers out there are built different. Mm, I'm, yeah. I'm very constantly trying to remind myself not to compare myself to them. Yeah. Because they're on a whole different level. It's like 12 surveillance cameras like of a human being. And they like just react to like everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like really fascinating to see that. But everybody has their own different style of street photography over there as well. Like all the schools of thought of street is there mm -hmm. and they all hate each other, which mm. is weird, mm. but not, but more so not great. Okay. It's like gang rivalry almost. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like the, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna pull the curtain back a little bit on like what's what's going on in that city, but I don't know if I don't know if you guys feel this way, but in every single genre of photography, I would say that street is the second most toxic hmm. because there's no rules, hmm. and because there's no okay. rules, um, people form their own schools of thought of like, oh, the best type of street photography is when you're like far away and you're taking in uh, the whole entire scene and you're not interrupting anything. And just take it as is. And then some people are like, I love the abstract form of it where you're shooting telephoto and the back of somebody's head because now you're thinking and filling in what is their expression? What is the story? And then there's people like me who subscribe to like get close, get personal and take photos that are surprising. And because there are historically speaking champions of each school of thought, you can say like, oh, well, this person did and got famous. So this is the right way. But I have this champion as well. It's kind of like the who's the greatest of all time in basketball. Hmm. It's the same type of argument. Okay. So when I have these conversations with people, they like trash talk, like crazy. Really? Wow. But I think it's the second most toxic because fashion photographers are even worse. Hmm. I could see They're that. way worse. And in New York City, they're like animals. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that that genre has, I don't think ever interested any of us before. <laughs> it's interested really. me. Really? Yeah, oh, he, yeah. yeah, he's definitely- I like, like street been, photography. Yeah. Oh, I meant fashion. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I was no. like, I don't, when I don't know any fashion photography. In fashion photography. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Fashion, I know street definitely has interested mm -hmm. you. I want to talk about your move in a second, but while we're on the topic, what's your go-to street setup right now as far as camera, lens, uh, all that is concerned. Uh, the one that has obviously been a staple for me is the M6 mm. and the 21, to, oh, 16 to 21. 16. So no longer the 28. So I like to shoot a lot wider now and uh, use a flash, of course. But the camera that I'm hunting for right now is the Wide Lux, which is the oh. camera that swings uh, the lens left to right. And it gives yeah. you this like GoPro looking photo. You made a video about it, right? I did make a video about yeah. it. And it is one of the best cameras for street because if you find yourself in like a really crazy situation, you just press a button without even aiming. Yeah. Just swings and gets everything. It's basically to, to kind of like Whoa. paint a more relatable picture is pretty much the iPhone panoramic feature. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. The film camera, yeah. And now it sounds even lamer. <laughs> I compared it to a GoPro. Now I compared it to the iPhone panel and that's what that camera is, baby. <laughs> That's incredible. But yeah, those 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 are that, that's my setup right now. But it can take all the technicality out of it so you could just be present. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's why you love it. That is why I love it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and a flash kind of does that too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely because you just shoot at a 
small opportunity to get everything. Yeah, always. It does seem like that 16, is 16, 18, 21? 16, 18, 21. It feels like that was meant for you. Yeah, yeah, it's like awesome. That lens, it feels so you. I love it so much. Yeah, the photos mm-hmm. you showed us when you were with us uh, in Sacramento that you, that you took oh, yeah. during mm-hmm. that trip were super fun. I just loved how intimate it was because yeah. I've never really seen anyone shoot film at like 16 mil before. Yeah, like, it's it's not a so very close. popular focal length. Yeah, yeah, it looks great though. Mm-hmm. You do a great job with it. Appreciate it. Yeah. I tweeted something yesterday. I would love to hear your take okay. on it, especially being a photographer in New York City mm-hmm. where this could possibly affect everything. So I said, oh, my prediction, AI imagery will have an impact on the photog- on photography at large, but nothing near the immediate impact the digital camera had on analog. Especially, huh. especially with the current resurgence of film, there are too many people that care about the art and process of making a photograph. Oh, that is a good take. I think I will 100% agree with you on the first half of it where AI won't have that much of an immediate or even the size of the impact that digital had on analog. Definitely agree with that. I think right now it's just having its moment. Yeah. And then people will just stray away from it because they're like, well, still not a real photo. And there will be systems in place built soon that distinguish an AI photo from a real photo. Yep. Of course, there's an art form to AI, I guess. I really hate to say that. Oh, nah, dog. Because you're just typing a sentence. No, nah, that's but not But of art. course, like you're forming a sentence so that it requires creativity. Someone's mm-hmm. going to make an argument for that and I would disagree. The then, second, be a, then be a writer. Yeah. Oh, then be a writer. Yeah, exactly. Be a writer. The second part of your take was a uh, what? It was people right now are focusing more on the... Because of, how, because of the resurgence of film, there are too many people that care about the art and process of making a photograph. So using the resurgence of analog as a as an example case study for like proving the point that like clearly the art matters. Clearly digital photography interrupted film photography in a yes. profound and significant way. Mm-hmm. And then it came back. Mm-hmm. And so my question is why and how deep of an impact will the AI revolution have on photography in that sense or maybe even motion picture as well? And will we see the same kind of resurgence and will we see it sooner? Uh, someone countered that and said, I get what you're saying and I agree, but on a commercial front and the way commercialism works, businesses aren't going to care. Business, uh, about if, the process. Yeah. If, yeah. If, right. If, yeah. if someone could plug a sentence into a computer and get the image they need for a campaign and they can just do a little bit of Photoshop with an editor. And to that, I agree with that person saying That's that. a pretty good counter take. But nice. In this, In the same regard... Uh, someone else on one of these posts was like, this doesn't just affect photographers. This affects makeup artists, set designers. Everyone. Like casting agencies, like everyone, models, like the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. So something like that really makes me scratch my head about a place like New York where like people are already, people are in those realms, right? AI. Like that industry is thriving there. Really? And those, no, no, I don't mean AI yet. I just mean like those people who have those jobs with art direction, set design, like all of the components that would be affected by just Mm -hmm. plugging a couple sentences into a machine and getting the output they need. A lot of those people are already living on the fringes financially to be able to afford living in that kind of city. Mm -hmm. So what kind of pivot needs to happen or will that decimate creativity at large? Like, are we seeing like a seismic shift in the creative world and being able to support yourself creatively as an image maker. I think AI is definitely going to take out a good percent of jobs. Mm. So there are like professional storyboarders. 
Yeah. I think they are on their way out, unfortunately, because you could yeah. easily storyboard with AI now. Yep. You could type in like the scene and most people don't like storyboarding. Yeah. So they fast. don't. And AI can just spit it out. But I also know that uh, companies like Mid Journey, <coughs> ChatGPT, and, and oh, yeah, sorry, you mean image ones? Specifically. Oh, yeah, the image yeah. ones. The image ones. They're uh, um, actually getting a not a cease and desist, but there are systems right now that are halting them right now. Really? Because it's getting out of hands because of really? not imagery, but because of the audio AI, like the fake right. songs that have been oh, popping up. Yeah, that's really and dangerous. Likeness. Yeah, that's really dangerous. Like the fake Drake songs, the fake Kanye songs, and then. Uh, I think UMG and Warner Warner Music and Sony Music had to be like, no, we, we can't have this happen. No. So because they're stepping in, because they're going to lose money from this, it's always about an issue of money, right? Big money. Yeah, so I think all this is getting halted, but I can see storyboarders losing their jobs. I could see, yeah, a lot of people in pre-production mm. lose jobs because AI can take care of it. It's yeah. really rough. But again, I agree with your take that like it won't have that immediate or big of an impact like digital had on analog because digital helped the consumer level of photography enthusiasts who didn't want to spend money on getting better at the art. And digital took care of that consumer level. AI doesn't really take care of that consumer level because mm -hmm. yeah, like uh, people want to take photos and it's like really hard to learn. There's like a lot of YouTube videos. You could buy like uh, cameras that have like, I guess, really good JPEGs, film simulations, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that kind of helps with that consumer level. But AI doesn't really satisfy that um, part of the market mm -mm. in that same way. Mm -mm. But if NFTs were still huge, that would be a different story. Because then you could just make NFTs off of sentences. Yeah. And then make be mega rich. So yeah. I'm glad that NFTs are not yeah. popping off right now. Yeah. I remember the, the the crossover at one point where it was like, where NFTs were still popular and this stuff was starting to come out, I was just like, "This is it's over." Yeah, this is a giant yeah, it would it would get yeah, like yeah. it felt it's, like the biggest bubble ever. Yeah, um, but I could see a world where AI photography, whatever you want to call it, AI image making, actually starts to ruin digital photography, and we see more people on an artistic front, on uh, a creativity front wanting to pursue film photography more in the same sense of I, I want something analog. Mm. I want to make a picture that exists in the world. Is it an organic piece? I want mm. the actual negative. Mm. Like I want that thing because so many people in our generation are switching back to analog yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. And so I feel like more people that develop a distaste in artificial intelligence and everything that it brings could move people to want to practice that medium in a much more analog way, mm -hmm. which I think could feed analog photography even more. I could definitely see that. And our episode that we'll make soon about why AI sucks will definitely help stoke that fire too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like we're gonna make that sooner or later. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I feel like there's there's so many categories in the world of photography that only certain ones could even have the potential to be disrupted right. by AI. Cause I'm just thinking about like you still need a photographer for your wedding what day if, or a filmmaker. Uh, portraiture, newborn, families, uh, even fashion stuff too. It's not mm -hmm. like you can generate the new catalog that no one's seen for Louis Vuitton or mm -hmm. something. Like you need to photograph that on the people. Actual, yeah, like stuff. there are so many things that exist physically here first that you need to document and a person with a camera has to be the one to do that. Mm -hmm. 
So it can only go so far. I do agree on the storyboarding front though. And I think, I mean, we are, you know, Ryan Booth, we've talked to a little bit about how he's like, this is actually a helpful tool for me to help get some ideas in the roughest form yep. out of my head onto paper. Yep. So then I can kind of move the needle a little bit, but that's a very, very specific scenario. And I think won't really affect photographers on a wide scale because so many things just happen in the moment that do not rely on being generated mm -hmm. by a computer. I could see it in the commercial sense, going back to what you were talking or what that uh, commenter was talking about uh, for an AI engine like mid journey, you can just feed it one photo yeah, so that it kind of has a base to work off of and then you form sentences off of it. Hmm. So I could see for a Louis Vuitton campaign, oh, okay, have okay. someone stand in front of the wall, take an iPhone, iPhone photo of it exactly. and then uh, you got yourself the a campaign. And especially as the machine gets better and better, it'll be able to be more and more accurate because mm, yeah. you see all the photos now where it's like, if, it, if it's like do a Nike ad, like you see the Nike symbol or the the word nike and it's like all it's gibberish because it can't spell right but like the nike wes anderson store it will it will change though yeah like give it a year or two more and it's going to start locking that in then do you think the public we'll is disgusted with ai as I it was it. with nfts i hate it i think I, well we hate it yeah. i don't think well, we're not a good representation of the i public. think yeah. i honestly think most people are scared of it yeah yeah i I'm, think i'm glad the yeah. general public is much more concerned about chat gbt than something like mid-journey mm. because yeah. they don't even know like most people don't even know what mid-journey is yeah. or the, or its capabilities of making images, mm -hmm. you know? We at least see some of like the mild upsides of like, oh, I could use this in that way kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think people that have no reference point are definitely just reacting out of fear and just saying, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That seems bad. I, yeah. I think what's really fascinating is that something like mid-journey could save wedding photographers because- expand Be in certain situations oh okay hang on all right let's so they, see where they you're going miss first kiss in the ceremony and they plug three images <laughs> they're like hey ceremony photo them standing there here's a kissing photo later give me a kissing ceremony photo yeah. and it and looks we'll indistinguishable Wow, uh, that could be a good tool. It is could it, be a good tool. It or it means you're avoiding a hard conversation because you messed up in the moment. Well, even the client who like, no matter what, that photo didn't happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. So like, does the client still want that photo? Arguably, yes. If it's indistinguishable from a photo you would have taken if you didn't mess that part up. I mean, people are always trying like, the workaround there is if you notice on the day, you try to recreate it right? or you Photoshop it. What's the difference? It's mm -hmm. like a much, much smarter version of Photoshop. Much, That's much, what, much, 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 much smarter. Yeah. Or the combination of that plus Photoshop. Like you build Ooh. the bones and then like you face swap or something and there's like- Whoa all of a sudden they have AI within Photoshop that like merges it together. Oh, I mean, AI will be joining Photoshop very soon but, for sure. But that's, already the, joined Lightroom. that's also the really interesting thing about portraiture. We say that it, uh, that that'll never not exist, which I agree with like the, the uniqueness of a person at that time and place who wants to be captured mm -hmm. by a camera, by a photographer, but there will definitely be a demographic of people that are like, I want to do a cool photo shoot where, or maybe we go out and shoot this, but could you make it look more enhanced in this regard? Like we'll come with plain mm. outfits, but can you make us look like we're in star Wars or whatever they want to do? Yeah. You know, yeah. like there, there could be a market for that. Honestly, I do see that. I, I think also with that, it's one of my favorite phrases, maybe like ever from one of the movies I've rewatched the most times in my life, the Incredibles. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that movie. 
Great. Something movie. Syndrome walks out on as he's talking to Mr. Incredible. He's like, when everyone's super, no one will be. Right. Oh, when yeah. everyone has access to these tools, who, who's who's the best? When everybody's this, this is what Mike said the other day. He's like, I don't, yeah. I don't <laughs> fear AI in the sense of creativity because it's going to make Story King that much more. Yeah. Like, well, yes. if everybody has the tools, yeah. what's going to be what's the that's your part? What's going to be the potatoes? That's what yeah. I've always said about people who have asked, are you scared that iPhone cameras getting better and better and better will put you out of a job? I'm like, oh, no, absolutely never. not. No, yeah. it makes me happy that everyone has such a good camera in their pocket. And also everyone, because of the trillions of photos that get taken and how many photos you see, you actually get an increased appreciation for a professional photo. Mm-hmm. The difference is really there because you've really burned in what an iPhone photo looks like. And I've definitely experienced that like firsthand when people say like, oh, how come my photo doesn't look like yours when yeah. they take it yeah. on an iPhone? Now they have that like, cl- uh, the gap in understanding is like closed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What What's next, Chris Chu? <laughs> what's next? What's next for Chris Chu? How long is Chris Chu going to live in New York City? <laughs> I thought he was just going to say live. live. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, New York is very much, there is no definite timetable. I'm taking it as it comes. I'm letting the city change me in the way that it is. And I've been enjoying the process of it. If I'm going to give like more specific answers, I'm going to start dabbling in 16 millimeter motion picture films. Nice. Okay. So there is, uh, I mean, that is just taking the romantic feeling I get from film photography and jacking it up times 10. Um, I'm looking into some Bolex setups that are uh, modified so that it could sync with sound yes. because I want to start yes. making those love letter films on 60 millimeter yes. film, but got to find a big enough sponsorship deal so yeah. that the cost is offset because <laughs> it's crazy expensive to get the camera, to get the film and oh, do all the process and dev. And Literally like everything that we're already dealing with so times 10. So much money. Yeah. So much money. Yeah. Um, there's that. Uh, my first photo book, should be done by the end of this year. Oh, shoot. Yeah, and that is going to be another love letter type thing yeah. of uh, two cultures, the Sami people in Norway and the Zulu people in South Africa, literally polar opposite sides of the world, mm-hmm. exploring their dichotomy and how they are really old cultures, but they have maintained tradition, but also they somewhat live similarly. So... Mm. Anyways, wow. that's what that photo book is going to be, a fire and ice theme. But the ti- <laughs> the working title that I have is uh, To You 10,000 Years Ago, oh. um, which is uh, kind of a reference to the current state of each culture and how they are still maintaining traditions. So like, to you 10,000 years ago, we're still practicing what you established. Wow. And also, uh, it's, it's also like a, a play on from one of the animes that I watched, Attack uh, on Titan. And like, oh, actually, no, I can't talk about it because it's a spoiler. Never mind, okay, because, okay. because the series isn't done, but I read to oh, the ending. Okay, so, okay. Oh, anyways, I can't I can't talk about that. <laughs> so that's another thing. And then I think that's all I have going on. I think that's all that's next. So the, yeah, that photo book should be done. 60 millimeter film. And just making those love letter uh, videos yeah. for YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. wow that would wow. be really interesting if I'm known as like a love letter photographer or love letter I love filmmaker. That. I think it's a, it's, I had it's, that shower thought yesterday. I was like, oh, it's <laughs> cool. It's oh, my legacy. I yeah. think it's a really cool niche to to kind of dive into. I think you would just, I mean, you've already done it well, and I'm excited to see mm. what, uh, what future films you create as well. That's just, thank you. It lines up really well, man. You're just making a lot of good choices, and 
We're all here for it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Sick, dude. Let's do some uh, batting practice. Oh, okay. What is this? Are you ready? <clears throat> batting practice. So I think we added this. I don't know if we did this with your first episode. No. Something we added, I think when I moved to Chicago, maybe. Yeah. Batting practice. How we close out an episode with a guest. Okay. Rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. It's just batting practice. Sure. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. off the top of the dome for okay. us. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Wish, wish us luck. We're and, I'll, and I'll be quick with my answers too. Okay. Okay. Uh, where'd you get your shoes? Hurry. Damn it. These are fake. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> <laughs> Why did oh you ask goodness. me that? These are reps. These are replicates of the Sakai clot. <laughs> Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> Sakai Clock collaboration. I did not mean to put you on blast like right, that. Well, I've complimented those that? shoes like eight times since you've been here too. Yeah, I was going to actually ask the same thing. Yeah, they're they're really, so sick. They're really good replicas. All right, my they're question. Really favorite cool. film stock? Uh, T-Mac 400. Black uh, and white. A favorite lens? 1621 uh, uh, Tri Elmar for 35 millimeter and the uh, RZ 110 for mm. medium format. Mm -hmm. Whole milk, 2% or skim? Whole because I want to bomb my guts. Wait, what's your favorite color beanie that you own? Black. Black. Best yeah. kind of socks? High socks. Worst kind of socks? The no-show invisible socks, because they keep rolling off my heel. Yeah. Top three basketball players all time. <gasps> oh, no. Uh, Michael Jordan, number one. LeBron, two. Curry, three. Okay. Overalls or crop top? <laughs> for what? <laughs> for, you, for you to wear. No, yeah. overalls. <laughs> favorite track event? Pole vaulting. Uh, track specific, not field. Oh, uh, 800 meter. Mm -hmm. uh, Centauri or Centauri? Oh, Centauri. Oh, yeah, <laughs> favorite, favorite body of water? Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Why? Because I live next to it all my life. Atlantic's kind of weird. <laughs> um, 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 weirdest thing you've seen in New York City in the two months you lived there? Uh, someone was super drunk off of his mind and he pulled down his pants and started a uh, dire ring all across the street. Nice. And I, and I talked to him, I was like, dude, stop. He's like, it's okay, man, I'm good. <laughs> He's just hosing down the street. Would you ever would you ever swim in the Hudson? Absolutely not. Good answer. Yeah. What if your life depended on it? I'd die. <laughs> I'd rather die. <laughs> Plain bagel or everything bagel? Everything bagel. Thank Do you, you wear contacts? No. 2020 vision? No. My vision is terrible. <laughs> My vision is terrible and I'm colorblind, but I made it work. You <laughs> uh, for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Hire me. Uh, how many flights will you take in 2023? I have six more planned. Okay. And I'm trying to keep it at that number. Yeah. Um, how short is too short for shorts? If you sit down and I can see the outline of your crotch, that's too short. <laughs> so me right now. So Eric right now. Uh, rock that's climbing a, or bouldering? Uh, bouldering. bouldering. Well, bouldering is rock climbing. Well, yeah. But top roping yeah, versus bouldering. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd rather boulder. Yeah. Train, but, yeah. plane, or automobile? Automobile, car. Yeah. Manual. Oh, yeah. you do drive stick. Mm -hmm. You're so cool. That's yeah. a good one to end on. Yeah, it's a good wrap. <laughs> it's going a little long there. Yeah. Well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having this me on to this podcast. Fun, this is really fun. Yeah, really definitely good. like a nice, great chat. Nice I wanted to go really long on that one. Yeah, this would be an easy one for us to go for oh, longer, glad. but we're going to go record a YouTube video with you now. Yeah. 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 Love letter to Creative Club Chicago. Wait. Absolutely not. No, it's good. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and it well, ended off with a heater. Over. <laughs> All right. I need to go log into Reddit real quick. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to Chris's channel. Subscribe to the show. 
rate and review uh, Rally Caps on Apple and Spotify. You know the drill. Yeah. We love you. Thanks. We're going to link Chris's shoes in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, my for God. For you to purchase. They were only $37. <laughs> He's not that far off. <laughs>